Good evening, Patriots. And it's Friday, October 21st in the year 2022. East Coast, you are into the early morning and hours of Saturday. Saturdays are nice days. Nice days to kind of unwind and get dug into some big projects that you can carry you through the weekend, hopefully. Or go hunting, which is I'm remiss at this year. It's driving me crazy. Or go hiking or whatever you're going to do. If you got snow, I think there's snow in the country. I'm not even sure. It's kind of a weird fall. Totally weird. But anyway, such is the way things go. Patriots, in this time, it's really important to make sure that you're also looking at your preps and the sort of things, doing inventory and those things you need. And there's really one of those critical things we all need to keep an eye on is food. And not just for ourselves, but for our neighbors. This is literally us building up stocks and reserves for a potential time coming ahead that very much could have many shortages in it. And we want to have plenty for ourselves and our, and our neighbors. To do that, one of the products I highly recommend is you check, you check out My Patriot Supply, My Patriot Supply. And you do that by going to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. And there you're going to find their three-month food supply system. And it's their emergency supply kit, a three-month emergency supply kit for one person. It's on sale for 20% off. You're going to get free shipping, and it comes in unmarked packages. All of this is critical. This is peace of mind. These products last up to 25 years as a shelf life. 2,000 calories a day. They're all made in the USA. No MSG or any stupid additives like that. And they're sealed in rugged, water-resistant buckets, which is awesome. Each three-month supply kit has six buckets in it, so it's pretty easy to transport if you need to as well. And the fact that it lasts so long, it's just peace of mind. out of It gives you security knowing you've got extra or you've got essentials wherever you are in your prep. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Great deals there. I mean, it's a great opportunity to get some really good savings on a fantastic quality food prep system. You won't be disappointed. Preparewithbards.com. 20% off free shipping. It's all good. So I want to kind of dig into Luke 12 tonight. I'm going to begin with Luke 12, 8. We've been talking a lot about this all week. Now I say to you, everyone who confesses me before people, the Son of Man, will also confess him before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before people will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But, those who, but the one who blasphemies against the Holy Spirit it will not be forgiven him. Now when you are when now when they bring you before the synagogues and the officials and the authorities do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what are you to say for the holy spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. I really want to hit on that last line that the holy spirit will teach you what you ought to say. We are really in an our time right now that's absolutely designed, in my opinion, to mute and or sever, depending on who, what type of person you are, or at least corrupt the relationship with Jesus, is education, the way it's taught. And so we're taught this sort of process, like if you're going to go speak in front of people, you must have a speech, you must practice it, 
You must write it. You must follow that script. And it is, and that means you're taking on the event completely by yourself. Again, it's the separation, these, these traps that are set up to pull us away from kingdom and from the kingdom work. And they're all over. There are just many. We talked about, one of the things we talked about on Sunday night was the principles of how we, we look at this in terms of building a project or building a business plan and then immediately putting a dollar figure to it. And the minute we do that, we walk into a Babylonian trap. And they're big ones because as I try to put that into, say I'm trying to get support and prayer from people, there is, depending on the dollar amount, it might be nothing. It might be five bucks, but maybe let's say it's like $500,000 or $5 million for this project plan. The minute you start putting these dollar figures on it, people start to have different levels of questioning or doubt that, that ensue. And once we start putting doubt in with woven in with our prayers and our commitment, we're failing right there because we are told to trust and we are told to fear not. Doubt does not complement fear. It, it enhances. Doubt is not fearless. Doubt is part of fear is what I'm trying to say. So it's really important to get, be clear on this. And that's why I, I'm going to want to get into a couple of the things here in Luke 12. And we'll, we'll come back to one, which is... Uh, greed denounced, but I want to get into be in readiness, which begins on Luke 12, 35. Be prepared and keep your lamps lit. You are also to be like people who are waiting for their master when he returns from the the wedding feast so so that they may immediately open the door for him and when he comes and knocks, blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly, I say to you, that he will prepare himself to serve, to have them rec- uh, recline at the table, and he will open. He will come up and serve them. When, whether he comes in the second watch or even the third watch and finds them so blessed are those slaves. So the idea, obviously, this is many layers of meaning here. Obviously, in the reference to Jesus, always be ready, and that keeps us always on the attentive edge, meaning that we're always in worship in some fashion. We're always talking with Father. We're always living. And that's When we build that intimate relationship with Jesus, it doesn't become so heavy or burdensome or even there's a, there's a certain measure of fear that one can have in here because there's a fear for the Father, fear for not being ready, and it's normal. But when you're having that intimate relationship with Christ and you're walking in that space and everything that you're doing is a conversation with him and, a, and or a conversation with Father, we're always, in a sense, at the ready. And that's what's wonderful because we're not going to be caught off guard. We're living in that place. We're living through the word. We're living through His the, the one body. And our lives become unified in such a way that if, if you get that knock on the door and it's like, hey, I'm Jesus, you're like, cool, let's go. It's very much like in preps. That's why we talked about inventories this week. And, I, and it's very important, inventorying, doing your inventories, I think, is one of the highest priority things to be doing in the next few weeks. And that's inventories in their physical items in your home, in your life, going through what you need, what you don't need, looking at what you have, 
getting it organized so that you can have it ready to use. You don't, many of the things for myself, I'm fairly pragmatic. I'll be very honest because most of the things that I have are designed around my, the gifts and talents that father's gift directed me to do. So I'm not saying I don't have excess. That's not my point, but I, I tend to be one who's fairly focused though. Admittedly, my studio looks like still looks like it's recovering from the grenade that went off before I went on the trip back east. So I'm still cleaning, but the point is that a lot of the things I have are geared towards those focuses of gifts and talents or passions that Father's placed before me to pursue. Now, all that said, what is what for my needs is missing is the readiness of each of these items. So if I needed, if I was going to go hunting right now, my hunting bag and my bow are not fully ready the way I'd want them. If I was going to grab and go do a field recording with a band and do it in an, in an outdoor environment, that bag is probably 90% ready, but there's other details I haven't checked on for the last six weeks because I've been gone, like the state of the batteries for my recorder and then a few other things just on the type of setup that I would need. Now, some of these things, as you know very well, I'm using these as examples of readiness. Some of these things are are adjusted per use. But if you take a go bag, that's a general static thing that we have, but you have to go through it regularly. I set up a really good go bag before I left on the trip. I, it's in the back of the Jeep. But on my list this in these coming next couple of weeks is I need to go back through that go bag. I need to re-inventory everything, make sure everything is there as I need it, make sure everything's been tested so it works. And that's a lot of this preparation period we're in right now is making sure that we, the items that we have basically are set up to be used, not just to be stored and cast aside, that they've been tested, that you've tried them out. And if, and if you have no use for something that's been sitting around for a long time, then that's the excess. You can use that for potential barter. You can use that now as to help somebody else in their own preps. These are all things. But we, the biggest part about inventorying is offloading the excess, right? And strengthening what you have. That works in a spiritual level as well. And we've talked a lot about that this week, which is really digging in deep into what I'm calling deep repentance. And I've, I'm continuing my process. I'm um, really digging in hard to go through my life. And I'm, I mean, I'll just be very candid. I'm, I'm right now, I've walked, my, walked back my life over the entire week. I think I started last Sunday. And I've incrementally gone back to about as far back as I remember. And I have pretty vivid memories to about age two. And I have walked that life and I've gone through a process of finding areas that have very little of things, but other, other areas where I found myself uh, stumbling a lot or having sin or whatever that is, I've spent time in those areas to dig it out, to find the examples, to give it to Jesus, to ask for forgiveness and so forth. Right now, I'm in a particular period in my life. It's 2001 to 2008 or so, right in that area. And it, it may be more like 2006 in that range. And I've been working on that for the last two days. There's just a lot of stuff in there. That's the, Af- the early Afghan period of my life, a lot of other stuff going on. And so there's, I just find as we get into these areas and as we're, we're working through those, and I'm paying a lot of attention to that deep 
emotion, which is, and that response that I'm getting. And there's, when we get into these, some of these areas, if it starts to feel uneasy or mucky to you, it's like kind of thick and, and I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, work it. There's something there. And that's kind of it. And there's probably a lot of stuff that needs to be dug out and brought before Jesus to heal and to repent on and get rid of it and then move on. This, these inventories we're doing right now are very important. And it's part of being in readiness, right? Being ready for when he comes. We, if Jesus came in right now and said, we're going, first of all, the one good thing I know is that I'm not going to have to carry a bag because he's going to tell me anyway, get rid of it. Got it. So that's cool. But in the be readiness, it's a much bigger level of being readiness with our heart. So let's continue with this because there's a lot in this piece here. Um, and so we go from Luke 12 to that we just did 35 to 38. And we're going to that, that finishes with Luke 12, 39 to 40. But be sure that of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You too be ready because the son of man is coming at an hour. You do not think he will come. That's huge. So that's, that's basically telling you as any good soldier in an army, be vigilant. You're, you're, you don't have time to slack on this period of time. And we're in this period. There has to be a vigilance. One of the things I really like about Luke 12, and it's it's in other places, but there's a there's a real intensity here with what we're learning in, in Scripture and, and what Christ is teaching. This isn't, as you hear me say so many times, there's a martial element to, to Scripture. And in Luke, there a lot of that is presented, so I'll continue. We'll do Luke 12, continuing with this same section here, Luke 12, 41 to 48, Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone else as well? And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give their rations at the proper time? Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will put him in charge of the possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, this is critical, says in his heart, my master will take a long time to come and he begins to beat the other slaves. But when the woman, men and women and both men and women and to eat and drink and get drunk, then the master of the slave will come on the day that he does not expect and at an hour that he does not know and will cut him into cut him into and assign him to a place with the unbelievers and that slave who knew his master's will and did not get greedy or act in accordance with his will will receive and let me have to reread that and the slave who knew his master's will and did not get ready i said greedy did not get ready or act in accordance with his will, will receive many blows. But the one who did not know it and committed acts deserving of beating will receive only a few blows. For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And to whom they entrusted much of him, they will ask 
all the more. We are in a place right now where God is giving much. And I, if, if you're listening, he's pouring it out. And much of what we talked about even last night were the responsibilities of the hour in which we're in. This even was reflected in the discussion that Juan and I had at the end of the interview in the previous hour. The times that we are in is putting much is being given as much will be demanded. And how things are given comes in many different forms. Maybe it's spiritual gifts, maybe it's physical gifts, maybe it's resourcing, whatever that is. But mark my word, we're in a time right now when we have been walking in a place, being given a great deal in terms of our fellowship, in terms of our relationship with God, but much will be demanded of this. That's, the, that's why we're doing this. And this time is, is upon us now. It's a relatively heavy burden to bear. Not a bad one by any means and not one to shy away from. But we have to be ready in our hearts. And again, I go back to this spiritual inventory to do. The slave that thinks that he can fool his master because he's doing good things when his master is there and then trying to sly away when he's not. It, it's a it's a foolish task because everything is seen. Nothing is hidden and everything will be revealed in time and everything will be revealed before God. So let's jump back up then to Luke 12, beginning at 13. First, now someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, you there, who appointed me a judge or arbiter over the two of you? But he said to them, beware and, and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one is affluent does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began thinking to himself saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? And he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and I will store all my grain and my goods there. And I will say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years to come. Relax, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool. This was very this was this very night your soul is demanded of you and as for all that you have prepared who will own it now such is the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich in the relationship with God that last statement not rich in the relationship with God I would challenge you to ask yourself what that means what does that statement mean to you I know what it means to me in the rich in the relationship to God is having this deep, personal, interactive relationship with God, a two-way conversation. And it's constantly something I'm working on. It's constantly in that dialogue, whether it's in my head or spoken into the world. And that depends, but it's, it's never ending. And so the, the real question here is, do you have what you would call a a rich relationship in, in Father God. Because where we're going into these next phases, that's going to be demanded to get through this. And, you know, I don't want to be like I'm waving the, the alarm of the end of doom and gloom because it's not the end. It's a beginning. 
But the challenges that are ahead in order to discern from the deceptions that are going to be before us in order for us to trust and to be able to navigate through when we have shortfall, in order to endure some of the feelings that are, because let me tell you, when this thing starts to slide, those that are in power are going to use every resource possible, every spell, every black magic curse, every blood cult ritual sacrifice that they can do to try to wield a wave of attack against us because they do not, cannot let us be free. If we are free, they are done. And they know this. So there's going to be some wild stuff. There was a pastor I knew that said something that was really profound, and I, I love the way he put it. He said, you know, he said, if, and I'm using the heavy emphasis on if, if there was another species here on earth, the first group of people that should be ready to embrace it, not embrace it, but stand against it and be ready to deal with it, let's put it that way, and be prepared are the Christians. But the truth of the matter is the one group that will freak out the most will be the Christians. And the reason he said that is we're told that there's two in the garden. There's God's creation and there's the serpent. We're in a spiritual war right now. And the farther we get down into this war, the spiritual part of that war is becoming more manifest in our daily lives. So all of these things that I'm really talking about this week, and however you take them to your heart, however you take them to prayer, whatever you decide to respond to them, Again, that's, that's between you and Father God. But I'm drilling, really just sharing with you so much this, and I'm going to be doing a lot more of this as we go forward, the pressing things that are on my heart of the things we need to be looking at as we go forward because we're preparing to enter into another level of this battle. It's the pre, we're in pregame of phase two of this battle loosely, and this next phase is going to get pretty crazy. Someone's going to try to arrest somebody. Someone may try to fire a nuke. I don't know. And I'm, and it's, I'm not trying to worry about details. What we can see, though, is the is it just as you do on the chessboard, you start to see these things mount up. And at some point, somebody has to make a move. There's only so many times you can move a pawn, jump your, jump your knight, slide your queen, run your rook, slide your bishop, whatever you're going to do. There's only so many ways. And, and moves you can make before you have to start engaging in combat on that board. And there's been a great deal of moves and positionings, and God has been heavily involved in that, moving each of us around in the places that we need to be, preparing our hearts, preparing our resources, providing the resources that we need as we ask. But we're in a time now that getting our heart in readiness, getting our lives in readiness is extremely important. And it's something that in these times, as we look at this, understanding as well that keeping our eyes on God is so important. The other part about this little, this part of this parable here that Christ shares is the man, the, the farmer takes up upon himself and he's a rich man, but he takes it upon himself to decide to tear down his barns and build a new one. What he doesn't do is take it to father first. And that's, that happens so often. The business that gets started, someone comes up with an idea. This happens all the time. Matter of fact, this is almost standard protocol. We will, so many things we do. I want to get something or I want to start something. And so it's an I, I, I thing. And so I develop that concept, that plan. I start making arrangements. I get 
for money going. Somewhere near that process, after it's all been formed, the money categories have been decided, maybe even after the money raising has happened or you're in the process of buying the things because you have the cash already, somewhere in there, God enters the picture in our lives, typically, because we'll be like, oh, Father, can you bless this? So few times do we start with Father. Father, I have an idea. I'd like to share it with you and what are you? What are your thoughts on that? And a part of that reason, in my opinion, that we don't do that a lot, and I'm not dinging anybody, but as my experience is that we don't have a lot of trust that we can have that relationship with Father, that we can talk and get a response. And I and I think that a lot of that stems from the the unworthiness, and I think that some for some people it stems from a fear of having to be accountable to Father God. And those are opinions, and they're not hard and fast, being very clear about that. But there are things when I say them like this, I want you to just, I'm suggesting that you take them and think about them if they apply in your life. I do all the time. I'm just, I'm, I'm sharing with you what I'm doing constantly, trying to identify. If, if I have an idea, have I taken it to Father? If I start racing on with something, I'm like, whoa, put on the brakes. Let's go back. Let's go over. Let's go through it with Father God. And that. As we do that, these ideas are shaped with the appropriateness of the Holy Spirit. And, our, and the idea of being blessed and then having the resources, those two critical terms, has nothing to do with needing money. It's resources that God has an infinite amount of resources of in heaven. And that to me is so, so important. This piece I played earlier, and I'm going to play it again right now, and I played it earlier today. And I just find it to be so relevant to this. Take a listen to this perspective of a guy that was at a gas station. I just I just love this perspective. So I'm at the gas station, y'all. I just pumped my gas. And I know there's an ongoing trend on social media where people are pumping gas and getting out and showing how astronomically high these prices are. So I almost contributed to the trend. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, before you record a video, take a trip down memory lane. Reflect on the season of your life where you were going through financially and it was a struggle for you to put gas in your car. And then consider the fact that even though these prices are high, you have the resources necessary to fill up your tank. I stopped right there with that conviction and said, Lord, bless those that are struggling. And then I begin to thank God for his supply. Listen to me, y'all. I know that we're in a wild season, but this is what you need to know. Man's inflation has no impact on heaven's supply. Our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches, not this world, his riches in glory. So instead of you joining the complaint department, take a moment at the gas pump next time and just say, Lord, I thank you. God has been good. Praise him for it. And that's not just limited to the gas pump, but it's a great example. I had this same reflection in conversations with, with Father on my trip out around the country. I stayed at hotels every night. My I had... My gas tank and my, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but the Jeep, my Jeep in particular with extra heavy bumpers and big tires. And so it doesn't meet the Biden green standard. I, I discovered that along the way. <laughs> it doesn't get, it gets about 13 and a half miles to the gallon. So the, the point of this is that I did the trip across the entire country and this was a trip I just turned over to Father to guide me on, and I trusted all of that. And the point is that as I was going through this, that same thing was I was crossing with my, with my thoughts and conversations with Father. It's like, man, I was reflecting back just even 
five years ago. It's like I could not have imagined having the resource to do this trip. And here we are in one of the most inflationary periods in, of our, in history of the United States. And yet Father's provided everything that I need. The resources are provided in so many different ways. So if we approach things that way and we change that paradigm, we change it out of the paradigm of I, you know, I, I'm complaining about cost. That's this world, not God's world. You know, I oh, food costs were going up. Okay. I, I just had this conversation with my parents, which, by the way, they just celebrated yesterday officially. And it's been a great month because I sent them over for one weekend, and then they went over for into Bend, and they went to a weekend on the coast. But their official anniversary yesterday, and this is what is amazing, 60 years of marriage. 60 years of marriage and completely happy, loving. They, they, I, they never stop enjoying each other. That is such a statement of, of greatness and uh, such a beautiful, beautiful testimony. Um, and they openly say this was a God connection from the very beginning. They met each other just entirely about how there was a random meeting and, and they both of them were not really wanting to meet anybody. And two months later, they were engaged and getting ready to be married. So it's really fantastic. So that was a little sidebar on that. But part of all of this is keeping that focus right. And what we were talking about, we started having this conversation tonight about how hotel costs have gone up, which they have substantially, but shifted that conversation to an exact type of conversation as the one we just played where it's like, yes, but isn't it amazing that in this time that we have the resources to be able to do these things and these aren't just, we're not doing these out of greed or we're just, this was a really beautiful weekend that they had and as it needed to be. And that was the gift that God's provided is that there's sufficient resources without any concern, even though things have gone up and where they went was not cheap. But I know my parents are very practical, very pragmatic about things, very frugal. So, you know, this are, again, when we, when we realize how heaven delivers, it's not about greed. It's not about dollars. It's resources and it's unlimited because God's resources are unlimited. We're in this ridiculous framework of this world where we literally have to pay a tax. And I, and I, everything that we're doing like now, you know, we pay a tax to buy land. That's God's land. But we're paying a man, a company, somebody who owns that land, we're paying them cash, which is the Babylonian system, to have that land. And that stewardship and title, in the way it's currently set up, isn't even ours unless we go through the right paperwork to separate it from this corporate trust that everything is owned in, in the United States. So entire system is set to be rigged towards creating, taking God's infinite resources and unlimited resourcing and trying to put a dollar figure on every single thing. So continuing then with Luke 12, 22, and he said to his disciples, for this reason, I tell you, Do not worry about your life as to what you are to eat, nor for your body as to what you are to wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. 
that they never sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a day to his life, to his lifespan? Therefore, if you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other things? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither labor nor spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. Now, if God so, if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith, you do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink and do not keep worrying. For all these things are what the nations of the world eagerly seek. And your father knows you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be provided to you. And do not be afraid, little flock, because your father has chosen to give you the kingdom. Patriots, this, when I read this, this is just exactly what we've been talking about all week. I get excited about it. Because the words are there in Scripture to remind us that we put kingdom first in all things. We put the kingdom, what we need, into kingdom. Take out the scarcity model. The worries. You know, I, and I stress this a lot. When we talk about preps, we're in a very unique time. So I need to be clear about this. We are in a very unique time. And I think that part of this learning in this time is going to take us to a couple of levels. One is that we are adding supplies to our households to ensure that we can weather a storm comfortably and that we can have, and I always say this, that we have access to help our neighbors. It's not about hoarding. It's about creating the supplies necessary to support ourselves and others. But if we're going to take the story, if we're really going to apply that true walk with Jesus, and I think this is where I say this is a stepping that we're learning. As we gain the confidence there and re- rekindle the love and appreciation of helping our neighbor, think to the, the Sermon on the Mount and think to the feeding of the many. A few loaves of bread, scraps of bread, and a, and a little bit of fish. Christ showed us that with the true faith in Father God, there's an unlimited supply with heaven. And so we end up in these strange conundrums because on one hand, we're, we're preparing as we should, but in a true Christ sense, what he says right here, you should worry not about it because it shall be provided. So this is where I think we find the balance, and I, and I think this is an important point to make, which is, as I say, if you have the resources and, the cap- and if you have before you the desire to build up resources, then put this to Father God. It will be provided. Keep in mind it will take many forms because as I build my resources up and I'm praying and letting God guide on that, it may be someone else who couldn't afford to buy those resources that I'll be able to share with. That's the whole idea when we start to build a giving economy. But it goes to a whole nother level when we truly have our faith so profoundly locked into the understanding and knowledge that God will provide, 
that we literally need not worry about anything because it will be provided as we need it. So we're, we're transitioning in this phase right now, as I see it, that's how I see my walk, is learning the true power of what was just said here in Luke 22 to 32. But doing that in a step that allows us to ensure that we are going to be okay and have access to share. And as we have the access to share with that mindset, it's not about hoarding. It's ultimately about giving and empowering. So it's so important that we keep these perspectives right now because there's so many landmines. And this ends, this section ends here with Luke 12, 33, sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts that do not wear out and an inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near nor does a moth destroy. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Such a profound set of words. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So these are just some thoughts as we've moved through the week and had a lot of pretty solid discussions about inventorying, inventorying spiritually, inventorying physically, ridding of excess, staying focused on the sorts of things that we've needed. I would encourage everybody to take that, the idea of your preps, what you think you need, take it to prayer, ask God for feedback, ask him where he, where he sees you need something or need less. These are important things. I literally had it, and this was just at a certain point, and I understand why it was done. But over this last year, there was this constant list that I was supposed to acquire things, and I've acquired most of them. I have another certain things to do. And most of them have ended up in being resources that we can use to help build skills with others, provide as needed if things really get heavily dark. I don't know what they're going to be. But I know that the way ahead is going to be transformational. I know that where we're heading into is going to be exciting, but it's going to be very, very demanding. I know that we'll work harder. Each person that's seeking this way here is going to work harder than you ever have, more tired than you've ever imagined, and Jesus will be right there to raise you back up. But it has to be this way. Because the world is built on a foundation of blood. That's the house of sand. And we need to build the world on the foundation of God, which is the rock of faith. And as we transition from one to the other, we don't simply get the U-Haulers and move our belongings from one to the side to the other. This is going to take a complete shaking and a teardown of many things. There are many perspectives out here, many people that are still walking with so many false beliefs and so much of it is that they haven't rooted themselves truly in faith. I listened to a video tonight about African-American or black people's perspective on white people and it's very degrading. And it's not that we don't do the same back, but they see they really developed a racial perspective. Many of these have developed a racial hatred and disdain for white people. Very sad. We have the rise of the transgender movement, which is trying to be very noisy in the web and constantly convince people with this repeated thing of everything they're doing that everybody, there's so many trans in the world that we have to accept them, but when in fact they are as the shock troops for Satan. 
We have to resist all of this. And this is a time when we have to really get ourselves spiritually strong and get your armor nearly impenetrable. And that's where these inventories come in brilliantly and necessarily to dig deep, to clean, to pray, to repent, to heal, and to seal the armor with the blood of the cross. And then stand up and be ferocious to evil. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we've reflected a lot tonight on just some principles of readiness in the heart, principles of, of greed and giving. We've reflected a lot on the deeper wisdoms and words of reminding us to be at the ready at all times, not just to, to walk in that place, that intimacy with Jesus, that intimacy with you, Father, that quite literally we are always in the presence of and walking with in such a way that the readiness is a, is a regular and constant part of our life. So for those, Father, that are trying to get there, find their way there, and just pray that they'll just ask you for what they need and what they're seeking. Father, in these times ahead, we just pray for the many here in this, in this Bard's nation that they'll be resourced with everything that they need, that they'll be continue to have the strength to stand in this evil and that when those times seem like they might get a bit rough or rocky, that they can remember to turn to you and you can give them that little touch and that love to remind them of the mightiness of all that we are part of. These are amazing times and the world needs to be shaken and we're prepared for that, Father. And we're blessed for the walk that we've taken and humbled by all that you've given us. Humbled by how you've worked our hearts and awakened us. Humbled how you've strengthened us. Humbled how you've spoken to us and how you continue to speak to us. Father, thank you. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. These are, um, in, in, as I went through Luke 12, I think it's equally important that we kind of finish with where Luke 12 goes, which is Luke 12, 49. I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and I have distressed, and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Do you think that I came to provide peace on earth? No. I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, five members in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And he was also saying to the crowds, whenever you see a cloud rising in the West, you immediately say a shower is coming. And so it turns out. And whenever you feel a south wind blowing, you say it will be a hot day 
and it turns out that way. You hypocrites. You know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky, but how is it that you do not know how to analyze the present time? And why do you not even judge by yourselves what is right? For when you are going with your accuser to appear before the magistrate, on the way, make an effort to settle with him, so that he does not drag you before the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out of there until you have paid up for the last, the very last leptin. These, this last passage is so apropos for today. We have seen our families divided, mothers against mother, daughters, daughters-in-law against mothers-in-law. And this is the time that has been that that division has come through the injection, through the masks, through the politics. And in the process, we've learned a lot about ourselves. We've learned a lot about our faith. And hopefully, we've seen you found yourself getting deeper and deeper into faith. We also need to be honest about how we analyze the present time. As is said, they can tell the shower is coming, they can tell a hot day. But when we're going to look at the present moment and present time, we have to be realistic about where things are and what's demanded of us. What's before us is the prescient issue to make sure that we are spiritually ready, spiritually strong. It's not about leaving this earth. It's about working with those that are here that as reality crushes down upon them, they will be afraid. Never will so much be asked of so few by so many. And in the final piece here, let's remember to face each other. Let's remember to take the biblical way of talking to one another face to face to try to resolve our issues and not let them spill over into social media and the public space. We have that necessity, no matter who we're dealing with, whether it's a big corporation or whether it's a, a person, to at least extend the hand and the opportunity to have a dialogue. As we dialogue and speak to one another, we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us and to work within us all. And in so doing, we're able to truly build real bridges and heal. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you Sunday night for Peace Be Still. Remember, we renamed that show. Same time, 9 o'clock. So Sunday night, Peace Be Still. If you're so inclined, remember that the there's the event going on in Indiana this weekend. Punky and her crew are over there working that. Lightworks Mary. That's all been posted on Telegram, so check that out. They're having a... They're having a get-together for B-Dads that want to come that's at an existing farm festival. It's on Sunday. It's worth going, I think. And they're also going to have a Zoom link put up somewhere, so worth it. So anyway, and 
I think Punky's going to be. I think Punky's making reviving the Nephilim, if I'm not mistaken. I think she's going to do some sort of genetic cookie making, and the Nephilim are going to crop out of her oven, and, and cookies are going to crawl over it. I'm kidding. If you haven't had a Nephilim, a Nephilim, or whatever she calls them, Nephilims, I'm telling you right now, she makes the greatest. So get over there. That's my point. Get over to that that event because you're not going to want to miss. They're they're called Nephilims. They're the cookies. I swear they're the size of my Jeep wheel. You can use them for a spare tire. I can even use them to cover the whole Jeep canopy. And when you they're so big, and then you eat them, and they're they're like you want to have three of them. They're that good. They're just total awesome. So anyway, there's many other great things they're going to have there. So anyway, check it out. You'll love it. So until then, or however, wherever I was on that out, out piece, have a blessed night. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body.